Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, welcome to episode 81 of the Property Magic uh, Podcast, Property Magicians Podcast. My yeah. name is Vangile Makwakwa. I am your host for the show and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. Find me at wealthy-money.com or at Wealthy Money on Facebook and on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn under Vangile Makwakwa. With me is my incredible co-host. Hello, Vangida. Welcome back to the lounge of Property Magicians <laughs> Podcast. She has had a horrible laryngitis and Johannesburg hasn't been kind to her people, right? <laughs> so good to see you again, Vangila. Good morning, Property Magicians. It's, it's morning in Johannesburg anyway, called yeah. Johannesburg. I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mum. On Facebook, follow my page, Prop Doc Mum. On Instagram and Twitter, I am Dr. Miranda underscore Prop Doc Mom. I am a property mentor, property podcaster, and a property investing Dr. Mom. Um, I help beginners to start their real estate um, investment journey. We go through the basics of property investment, lots of education time, lots of putting structures together and and finding a strategy that a beginner can 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 set their mind on and start a property portfolio. So hit me up on any of wow. those platforms so that we can start your property investment journey. What's yeah. up this week? How are you feeling then? We have this incredible guest called Wusi Matebula. And guys, I have to share the background, the story before the podcast. We're All talking right. And he was driving Misa into like his <laughs> So he's like, no, my gosh, this is such a funny language. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really funny. But um, the podcast is now, oh my gosh, Misa, what do we say about this podcast? It is just aflames, guys, aflames. And I don't even think, well, I don't, I keep telling you all. Even at the podcast highlights, I keep telling you that things that are too planned never happen with Vangile. This is another one. Firstly, she didn't know that this is one of her homeboys. So they started <laughs> speaking Swati on me and I think they were talking about me. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, we had questions set out for Vusi, but lo and behold, look at what happened. We had had, you have had a whole hour of education on sectional titles, what to watch out for, what mm. are the things that you shouldn't even dare to overlook, mm. deal analysis, the technicalities yeah. of buying straight from a developer, what it means in text, in text terms, what it means, oh my goodness, listen, I'm wow. not going to spoil the fight for you, but Vusi is an incredible guest and he shares of himself so generously. Please really take a really listen. Really. Get your coffee. Get your soup. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to listen to this podcast. 
Oh, more than anything, it's the new developments for me. I learned so much today, you know. Oh, okay. Without further ado, guys, let us hop on to today's podcast because you guys deserve to listen to this. I know. <laughs> Let's do it. Hi, Busy. Welcome to the meeting. It's so it's so awesome to have you. <laughs> Hi, ladies, and thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. And yeah, looking forward to, yeah. to our chat. Twice lucky. Welcome, Vusi. Um, uh, Vusi missed his, his last uh, uh, podcast recording, people. Yeah, exposed. <laughs> uh, he owes us coffee. He owes us coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got yeah. to do some other work, Vusi. Don't feel bad. Thank you so much for making the time for us. And welcome to our education platform. And we hope you're gonna spill the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, let's let's hope uh, let's hope it's interesting enough. The things that I've got to share, they're not dry and uh, and, 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 and and uninspiring. It's let's let's yeah. hope it's inspiring yeah. and helpful. Yeah. Not at all. Anyone that's on this podcast has an interesting story, which is yes. out there precisely because they're so interesting. So, would you please tell us, um, who are you? What do you do? What's your background? Where are you from? Just give mm. us an overview. Yeah, that is a, a, a very winding, winding, winding uh, answer to that question. Eh? Okay. So, I mean, to put it in short and summarize it, um, by profession, I'm an attorney. Um, I work in the banking and finance space, um, and okay. yes, uh, that 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 scene, you know, that may sound naibangitsi. Uh, um, when you say banking and finance, I think people automatically assume something to do with e branch, you know, uh, by working <laughs> in investment banking space, um, okay. in you know, leverage finance, project finance, commercial property finance, and and really that's where my background has been. I've worked for an investment bank. Um, I've worked for you know international law firms um, okay. and until recently I was a director in um, one of the larger law firms in South Africa okay. um, and yeah and, and I think that's me professionally you know I'm a keen property investor I like um, all things to do um, with property I guess um, my likingness or keenness of it comes from just me liking putting up structures um, tearing down things and putting them back together again oh, really? I think the first yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm, a, I'm, I'm always renovating. I'm always doing something. I'm always building something. I think the first, you know, plan that I did that actually a house was built from was still in high school. So it's always something that's quite interesting. Uh, interested me. Yeah, actually, um, it, it was built. It was an actual house that the family lived in. So, um, you know, and, and so, I did but that you in couldn't school. explain. But you couldn't explain to the to the parents that you wanted to go some to do something with building. You had to um, think that they can describe. We lawyer. No, not even, eh? Um, not even. That was I'm my just sole. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That 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 was my sole decision, right? And I think yeah. um what informed that decision is you know, these places where we come from, we're so limited um in terms of um what we see as careers and people Career that choices. we see as professionals, right? the obvious professions teacher nurse that's just about it you know there's the odd doctor um here and there and 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 stuff like that so even though intuitively i knew that i wanted to be in the built environment space if you will right. and i actually 
um, was interested in that. The only exposure that I had to people who called themselves architects um, and later learning that, you know, not, not they weren't um, architects not in the strict sense of the word, but all they did was design, you know, houses for people, Elokshim. And I was not interested in that. I, I, I just, you know, I just did. It's not something that I felt I wanted to do. And, and we weren't exposed to sort of bigger, you know, bigger things. And the one person I was exposed to um, you know, who seemed to be um, almost what I envisaged myself to be when I grew up was an attorney. And I thought, okay. you know, if I'm going to make money and look this good, I may as well be a lawyer. <laughs> kind of. and, then, and honestly, that's how it came about, you know. And I said, well, <laughs> so I, this is what I'm going to do, you know. And, and then I went to university and that's what I did, you know. And only to find myself, I, I think, fortunately for me, gravitating yeah. even within the legal space into right. something that I like, you know, like I said, I, I, I became a, a banking and finance lawyer and I dealt with um, project finance and project finance involves oh, the financing of structures and building, you know, um, of large infrastructure projects. I mean, you look at the renewable um, energy um, and program that has been Progress. going on. I mean, I've been involved. I've been involved in that. Okay. Um, you know, the financing of, um, of, of mines, you know, um, greenfields when they're being constructed from scratch, you know, um, I've been involved in that commercial property finance. I've been involved okay. in that, you know, um, I was fortunate okay. enough, you know, to get involved in that space and, and, and started really understanding the financing behind the financing. all of, all of these things. And awesome. only for me later on to start actually pursuing my own, property ambitions in, you know, getting involved in the property space, buying properties, renovating them and those kind of things, building properties, et cetera. And, and, and I think my work experience, you know, sort of culminated into what was my passion and, and, and just, it worked well for me because now all of a sudden I understood the money aspects behind all of these things that I'm actually doing and how to get value out of these things, because you take all of the, call it commercial things, and you you put them in sort of the the personal or residential space, and it made a lot more sense to me. And you now know you know what are the things to negotiate when when you're looking at 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 a, at a loan document and what it actually means. You know, okay. so so that was that was that was really quite helpful. So yeah, from a professional background, um, that's uh, that's that's who I am. That's what I do. And, okay. Um, yeah, I, I come from Pumalanga, Nasput, okay. as people would say. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, but to be more specific, you know, I come from a small town called Barberton, but I grew up in Godi. Oh, I see. Um, you know, um, I spent some time in Skumanstal and, 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 and those kind of places oh, growing okay. up there as well. But yeah, Nymphan uh, was a, was a sport basically, um, you know, on a regional basis. Um, and yeah, a lot of people get surprised. They don't know where Barberton is. And Barberton is so important in the history of this country. Yeah, it, it confuses me. Very important, man. God, Extremely. politically important. Being at Barberton, Barberton Primary. Yes, yes. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, my 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 younger sister went there. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Okay. My 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 younger sister went there. So yeah, very interesting. And yes, politically now Barberton is important, but historically far more important. You know, I mean, some of the the oldest archaeological rocks archaeological. Um, and rock formations are found in Barberton. 
um, the best quality or grade of gold actually is uh, is found in in um, in Barberton. Oh, and if we speak that. about um, stock exchanges, um, the first exchange in the country was actually in Barberton um, and not mm. in Johannesburg, as a lot of people think, yeah, because no. gold was first found in Barberton before in it was Barberton, found in the Vitvatesran. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, that's why I say Barberton is actually very important historically in the country. It's just that, you know, it hasn't really been put on, you know, been put on the map. And the best place to go paragliding actually is off the Makondra Mountains in Barberton as well. You know, we didn't know this as kids, but there was always a lot of white people on, on things in the sky. We now know what they were doing. This is fascinating, guys. This is fascinating. Barberton. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. important. No, I love, I, I, I really love history, and for that reason, G. Is there, is there a KFC in Babatin? Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. It's new, but it's there now. <laughs> we used to have a chicken licking dollar, chicken licking say aha, but Marasigna KFC. Yeah, it's been there for probably three years now. So we're on the map. <laughs> so so Vasi, please tell us. This is so fascinating, guys. We we go we we're gonna go all over the place with Vusi. Just tell us a, a bit about that house that you built a, a, while you were in high school. How how did that even come about? Before you tell me about your your own first property, how did that come about? Was it your primary parents' home? What, how did that come about? Um, my grandparents needed to move um, um, from uh, Skumansdal to Belfast uh, okay. for 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 you know for whatever family reasons. And at the time, I was in high school and I was you know very keen in technical drawing. Actually, it's one of the subjects I took in okay. high school. And, you know, my mother had seen me play around with these drawings of, you know, structures and houses, et cetera, and doing them in three dimension and all of those kind of things. And she said to me, you know what, um, why don't you do a, a plan? Um, because Abokoko, they need, you know, they need to move, they need to build a house to really? where they're moving to. Um, so why don't you do, why don't you do a plan? And so I did the plan. It was a, you know, it was a simple, um, you know, call it five room house. Now, if you say it had, a, if I remember correctly, it had three bedrooms, you know, a living area okay. and a kitchen, you know, uh -huh. so I put that together um, and, and I did it in sort of, you know, the three dimension, you know, the rudimentary things that were being taught, uh, you know, the technical, um, the technical yeah. growing. And it was taken um, to, to an architect who added, you know, the, 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 the numbers or the dimensions and the way in which it should be done. And it was right. approved and it was built and my grandparents lived in it for quite some time before they moved um they moved out of it but yeah <laughs> it was wow, built okay interesting so yeah. here's my question though when mm -hmm. and why did you buy your first property were you even thinking real estate when you did or were you just buying a roof over your head yeah uh the latter i was just buying a roof over my head i had no clue what i was doing <laughs> 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 I had absolutely so um, I had a bit of a windy road because the first place we sort of bought um, was between my sister and I and she managed all of that I had I have no okay. clue what happened there quite quite honestly to tell you the truth it was an apartment I really had absolutely no clue I just left I just started working and I was just happy 
you know, to have a place to live in. And I was living, yeah, and I was living with my sister. And like my sister is, um, you know, God bless her soul. I really wouldn't be where I am, you know, um, with with without my older sister. You know, she she's really done a lot, you know, to ensure the success of a lot of us in in in, in our family. And and she's okay. really, you know, one of my favorite people. And so I was just happy okay. to be living with my sister, you know. And I really didn't know uh, much about that. And you know, onto the next property, which became very interesting. You know, um, at some point I moved out and I was leasing a place because you know, and stuff like that. Okay. And then I decided I should buy a place because my rent was very steep. And I was like, you know, maybe let me just buy a place, you know. And I started looking and I found a place that looked nice, you know, and I, I bought it because well, it looked it looked nice. It was a bit of a, a bit of a dump inside, but I felt well, I could clean it and fix it up. You know, but I wasn't really thinking investment value. I just wanted this place. And I put in a bank application. The one bank uh, rejected me. I went to another bank and they were willing to fund it. Um, and boom, you know, funding is, uh, is approved. It, and then now I get hit with all these other costs that I'm not aware of. You know, there's transfer <laughs> duty. Uh-huh. Uh, there's transfer cost, there's uh-huh. uh, bond registration cost, uh-huh. deposit. for all of those things, you know, because I didn't know. <laughs> As no one told you me, about no, transfer duties. No, no one had no, told you. Uh-huh. No one had told me, no one had told me this, you know, and now I get sent all of these cost items. Yay! fast stress man because and you know when we're younger you know as young men I must have been about 25 then you know all right all right every weekend you know fast cars fast cars and expensive pools you know um, okay. so imagine saying I don't have the money for all of these costs right, right. and Someone suggests a, a personal loan and I look at this and I look at the cost. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going yeah. to manage um, lend on it. You know, mm-hmm. fortunately for me, I was working for an investment bank at the time. Okay. And I realized that it was about um, three months to bonus season. Okay. So now I'm, I'm sitting there. It's about November. I'm figuring yeah, out yeah. how to delay all of this. So that I can get to bonus season, to bonus um, so that I can use the money here bonus to pay for all of these costs. The problem is that I don't know what I'm just taking chances. <laughs> so I spun a story. I spun a story to everyone involved. You know, I told them in Linde, Imali, you know, they must wait for me for a moment. And as soon as and all of those things. Um, and you know, everyone waited for me until the end of January. And at the end of right. January, everyone is now asking questions. I was like, no, just give me a few more days. Okay, okay. When it came in, it was sufficient to cover, you know, all of those Everything. things. That morning, Anga Patala ma EFT That morning, Patala. Everyone is outstanding. So the seller didn't get it deposited. I can imagine for three months. Oh, sure. um, no and attorney has been paid. They waited. Um, they waited. I was so fortunate, you know. I think when things align, you know, um, when when when, when God has said yes, 
I think it aligns, you know. And at the time, I hadn't even considered everything that I know now. I really hadn't considered the location. I just thought the place was nice, you know. I just thought it was nice. It was in a nice neighborhood, you know. So I just thought, I everything else. I hadn't really considered, But here's you know, my thing. Mm. Here's my thing, Vusim. You, you are, um, you are, you've just qualified from university. You are clever. You have qualified. You've got a law degree. You're working in an investment bank, and you still didn't have the knowledge of all these things that we're talking about. This is such an underlying moment for me. Like that's exactly because everyone else looks at us and thinks, "Oh, yeah, clever, clever, clever." Pasile has a schooling. We graduate. And you work oh, yes. in an investment bank. How was it next? How was it next? And, and next. I really like that when we bring that forth to people so that people know that Bagit, the, our graduate schools don't come with investment knowledge and more, most importantly, with it's it's not built into the program it property no. investment knowledge right no not at all not at all and, and never mind just property but just just generally financial literacy is not ah. built into any degree I you know you, you you can be uh, uh, have a doctorate in, in accounting and have no idea um with the financial literacy and the fact that you're also degree does not naturally extend and say that um you you know how to handle money even if you have some knowledge of financial literacy oh. you know so 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 i think for me there was a learning curve and that's when i just started thinking hey i need to learn a bit more about money i can't <laughs> <laughs> we can't be having these situations you know i can't be I like <laughs> so and i was fortunate that it worked out well at the time i just i happened time. to get the location right without knowing that i was getting the location right you know okay. i happened to get the value right without knowing that i was getting the value right, um, right. in terms of it being an investment so uh, and then i learned to say oh okay actually these are the things i need to have in mind you know when when you're buying you need to get the location right and right you know what makes the location right it's right. the amenities that are that are near to the property mm -hmm. you know are there schools mm -hmm. next to next to the property and this one just mm -hmm. happened to be right across the school you know mm -hmm. um are there shopping centers for convenience are there um health facilities um close by do you have you know easy right. access to the highway is the neighborhood secure um secure. you know is the neighborhood in decline you know because next thing you're going to a neighborhood ganti you know right coming into that space causing yeah. the values of the neighborhood um to to depreciate you know, you know? Mm -hmm. so so you got to think about all of those things because it's a heavy investment it's a lot of it's a lot of money you know um mm -hmm. so you, you really got to think about those things and i was fortunate that you know it worked out well um in the end but yeah that's 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 really how i got into my first one it was really hey. by just wanting my own space and everything else was accidental and it just happened to come together okay yeah. <clears throat> That's so interesting. And I love what Mizo was saying about you working uh, as in an investment firm and yeah. not financial literacy. <laughs> <think, laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're what like that, but but we'll see, that's why this podcast exists. Right? So just yeah. because you're look you're working overseas doesn't mean that suddenly you're going to know how to manage finances. Yes, yeah. that's very true. 
that's that's yeah. that, that's, so that's very I mean, true. Like my claim <laughs> to fame as to how I started this work is precisely because I was traveling yeah. abroad and I was making bits and pounds, dollars, and rands. <laughs> so mm. I had to figure it out eventually because every country you just behave in the same way. You're yes. earning more, maybe relative to South African rands. But yeah. that just gives you more ability to create to more. You know? Yeah. Oh, yes. So, yeah. how do you then decide, okay, I've got the first property. What then sparks in you that, okay, I need to go into the second property. I need to get the second property. Please take us through that journey. Yeah, I think that became conversations that I then began having with, with people. So okay. even when I bought the first property, I always knew that at some point I'd have to move out because it was never going to be where I'd live for the rest of my life, right? Envision oh, myself, right. you know, uh, living in a far bigger house mm -hmm. than what I purchased. So I knew that I had to put together a plan of being able to, to get there. You know, at some point I knew that I had to move. So when, when that sort of was in my mind, I started looking at different areas. I started looking at different areas to see actually what can I afford, you know, what would I need to do to be able to afford a place of this nature in this particular area. And then you start having different conversations with people and then people start opening up and you meet, you know, people who say, oh, I've actually got two apartments and, you know, I rent them out to people, et cetera, and all of those kind of okay. things. And then that started raising an interest in me to say, actually, this is something that I can do because, you know, yeah. the value of, of property um, increases over time. You know, and if you can use or use that as a long-term investment strategy, then, you know, hey, it can only be good. So then I thought, actually, instead of moving out here and going to buy like a big standalone house, yeah. which is what I thought about, how about mm -hmm. I buy an, another unit, you know, um, yeah. and, 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 and fix that, et cetera, mm -hmm. and all of those mm -hmm. kind of things. And then I figured, well, if I keep replicating this, it, it may actually work. And, and that's really how it just started moving along. But, you know, that's the right. difference with those that followed, it was now more intentional. I understood okay. that the location had to be right. So in order for yeah. location for me to be right, firstly, is, um, you know, like I said, are there schools um, nearby? And can I reach those schools easily? If someone is living here, where are they going to be potentially working? And working. are they able to get to work relatively easy because people want things that are convenient, you know? Um, are there healthcare facilities nearby? What are the shops nearby? What kind of lifestyle does this area afford? And is this area safe? You know, yeah. um, does it just look good outside? Would someone want to be in this space and feel good about mm -hmm. themselves, you know, and, and be safe in this space? So it's, that started then becoming the intention. And then I just started thinking, okay, so if I'm going to get this place and eventually in future, I want to lease it out. If what is the rental market looking like in that like, area? You know, mm -hmm. if the rentals are on average ten thousand rand, mm -hmm. then you need to mm -hmm. sit down and do a back calculation of your purchase price based on that, right? Yeah. So that by the time you lease it out, 
you don't have a cost obligation of 18,000, but you can only achieve a rental of 10,000. 10, and that should give you the price and the value of what the place is actually worth, right? Um, if you look at, let's say, a new development uh, by a developer that will go unnamed, um, you know, for purposes of this discussion, you buy a two-bedroom um, apartment in Midrand, in Waterfall, uh, wherever yeah. it is, for 1.4, 1.6, 1.7 million, uh -huh. right? That means uh -huh. your bond repayment is about 15,000 rand a month. 15, you're looking at levies, let's say, of 2,000 rand. If we're being general, you're looking at Maspala or St. Joseph for another 1,000 rand. So you're sitting at a cost of about 18,000, 19,000 rand a month on this unit, right? The top end rental for a two bedroom apartment in mid rand doesn't matter where you are, what it looks like, 9,500. Mm -hmm. what are you, you can't doing buy that you can't buy that unit for that price and yeah. also if you look at the capital side of things you're looking for this thing a two-bedroom in mid-rent to appreciate in value and for someone to say i'm willing to buy it from you for two million at some time in the future or are within six that? or seven years two million gets me a very nice place in melrose or in santon um, yeah. And whether or not we like it, Santon is going to continue to be the business hub in South Africa for as long as we can see so whatever it is that they're doing in Midrand is never going to uh, overtake Santon. So no. to me, then it doesn't make sense to be spending anything over a particular price point in a particular area simply because of the investment potential. I know that I'm never going to get more than 10,000 Rand for a two bedroom unit oh. in Midrand. So when mm -hmm. I sit down and I do my calculations, for that 10,000 rand, I should be able to make the bond repayment, I should be able to make the levy payment, and I should be able to make the municipal um, payments, right? Um, but here's you know, my thing, before you even run to the deal analysis, this is hmm. so juicy, and this is so important, and this is why, oh, yeah, this is the pain that we are going to talk about, about buying in the sectional titles, because we don't know how to count we really we really yes. count in our heads we see that mm. that's the biggest thing let me just take you to a place that you you've avoided speaking about mm. when but you are working you are busy mm. you have to do some legal stuff in the commercial space you are in an investment bank where is the time and how do you even find these deals? Because someone will say, yo, that's too hard. I work 12 hour days, number one. Number two, on the weekend, I need to rest and I'm a mom or I'm a dad or I want to go watch soccer. How did you yeah. navigate that? Let's talk about that before we get to the numbers. When something is a passion, um, you, you'll make the time for it. I, I, there's, there's no explanation for that. But when something is a passion, because the person who says, I'm not going to look for lento or property or whatever the case is, they've got something else that is advice. You know, they'll go out with their friends or whatever the case is. Um, they'll go and play soccer. They'll go and watch movies. They'll, they'll go shopping or whatever the case is. And I guess because it's my passion, it's so, so much easier for me, even, you know, if it's 10 o'clock at night. I'll sit behind my computer and I'll think, okay, I'm looking for a place in this area. Let me mm -hmm. go on to the various property websites and mm -hmm. see what comes up, you know, in that area and start making comparisons. And you don't have to spend, you know, six hours each day on it. You can spend 30 minutes. You can spend, you know, 45 minutes, but just do it consistently over a period of time 
to see where things, you know, really sit, to give you an understanding of what is out there, what is available, what does it cost. And you then just keep looking to see if you can find really good deals that make sense. You know, because it makes no sense if you see something that's being listed ridiculously to engage the people. You're never going to get what you want. So you yeah. wait. And, 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 and that's the other thing. You know, it's a patience thing. You know, um, you, you got to wait until the right deal comes along. And sometimes it could take you six months to close the right deal with the right person. But you just got to be patient enough to find those small gems so that you've got the right deal. But, you know, when, when you're passionate about something, I guess, you know, going back to your question is the time somehow comes. I just don't know how to explain it. That's you will true. make the time because you've got a passion for it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree with that. Like mm -hmm. one of the things that I started doing is I just like, I notice when I'm watching Netflix, I'm going through uh, private property. I'm doing like different research on property 24. Like I just started doing that recently. Yes. You know, yes. and I realized, oh, okay, maybe my attention is not 100% on Netflix, but I've never really been a big movies and series TV person. Yes. It's still something that I'm doing and I'm noticing yeah. that, oh, I'm seeing things that I didn't see before and that I didn't know before. Correct. You know, I love that. So you, and I love <laughs> what you just said about you have to be patient enough uh, yes. to go through with the deal, I guess. No, certainly. I made an example recently, you know, and it's funny because when you speak truth, I see um, people um, resonate with things, you know, more often than not that are not truth, because I guess people need a bit of, I guess people need a bit of hope. And sometimes people look into sort of um, false hope. You know, um, a friend of mine invited me to go to an auction, um, you know, uh, All right. the auction was happening <laughs> in Sunning Hill. He said, yeah. mates, there's these properties that are going for auction, Essanin Hill, um, it's it's this and this place. And I said, well, I, I, I know exactly where, where, where that is. And he sent me, you know, the link. I had a look at these things and, you know, I said to him, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it for that one. So I said, mm, people are not ready for what the actual pricing in that neighborhood is. And I really am not going to engage that neighborhood right now. I'm going to wait until December because I think that's when the pickings are going to start coming. And he went to the auction and the place that was an auction was a one bedroom um, apartment um, in a nice complex, uh, um, not, not even in Sunning Hill, in Lone Hill, actually, you know, and, and I said to him, the value of a one bedroom in that place is 450,000. People don't want to live with this reality, but it is what it is. It is 450,000. And if you're spending more than that, you've shot yourself in the foot. You're really yeah. not going to make money. And yeah. he said, but why would you say that? I said, well, uh, there's a lot of stock of those types of, of units available in that area, right? Um, mm -hmm. Developers are sitting with stock. There's a developer there in the corner that's been sitting with stock for three, four years now that they haven't sold out completely. They keep putting a sold out sign, but they're still selling. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me, right? Um, there are new apartments, uh, as I was driving in one of the streets there, that are completely, you know, empty, that were built probably now, it's going on two years. Um, mm -hmm. And there's various other units, right, that are up for sale. Then there's a whole heap of units that are up for rent, um, that are empty. And the going rental currently in the in the um, for a one bedroom unit was pegged about six thousand. I'm thinking, 
a bit much, right? Um, and, and, and he says, yeah, but you know, there's some money to be made. I said, yes, but if you're going to make money, you need to pitch your rent lower than the 6,000, firstly. And secondly, your unit needs to look better than the others to create an interest. Exactly. So if you go and you buy that unit, let's say at the pricing for which it was sold at 750,000, Right. You work out your bond calculation, you're probably looking at about 5,000 odd rand on, um, on your bond, you're looking at about another 1.8 on levies, you're looking at about probably another 800 on municipal cost, you're already sitting on about 7,000. You haven't factored in the cost of renovating the place so that it looks better than all the other places, which is probably an additional 100,000. Right? And you add maybe, let's say, another 1.2 if you want to calculate that over 20 years instead of five of three where you need to recuperate that kind of capital cost. You're now looking at about 7,500 almost as your cost basis, right? If you bought at 750,000, you can only achieve a rent of 6,000 rand. You're already day one taking a knock off uh, <clears throat> 1,500. 1,500. That's, that's a best case scenario. And what's worse is waterfall is busy coming up. So you've got super competition and everyone exactly. who's a wannabe, who's who's up and coming, they all exactly. want to live in waterfall as opposed to Sunny Hill, even though they are a hop away from exactly. each other. Right? So, exactly, right? So, so I said, hard. it's not worth it. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not even going to blink. you right. I'm not really going to blink. And that was almost a month and a half ago. And on my checks now, I see places that are now coming up, uh, you know, the same spec at under 600,000, 550, 580. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, it's starting to slide. I'm still not going to blink because if I'm not picking up these places for around about 400 or so, it makes no buying. sense to me. I'm not yeah. buying and uh, I'm not going to rush into a deal. And by the time December comes and in this economy that we're sitting in now where things are absolutely terrible and they're only going to get worse. People are going to need to start getting rid of these things because you, you're sitting with this thing. You've got a mortgage to pay. You've got cost to pay. You don't have a tenant. For a lot of people, they can't afford that. And for a lot of people, they don't have the cash on hand to upgrade the places to a level where it will create interest. You know, So hard as it is that you'll now be buying from distressed people, that's where you pick up sort of your best investments and value as an investor. So you've got to shift down the price. You know, and come sort of probably this time, well, early next year, some of these things, you know, people will be let, willing to let them go for a good 400 and some people even less. So wait until then. Yeah, I'm so glad yeah. that you said that because it's a conversation that I had to have with my sister last year. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was buying and I was like, we've yeah. got to wait. We've got mm. to wait a little bit longer because... Yes. There's a lot, because also one of the things that's happened globally, even in the U.S. and even in Sri Lanka for a while, I've started to see, oh, so I live in Sri Lanka part-time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask, that's very odd, but okay. <laughs> two years, but yeah. hey, who's counting? Mm -hmm. So for part of the year, that's where I yeah. live. And one of the things that I noticed is that when COVID happened, people started selling but at really astronomical prices yes. and now like when you go online or you talk to the same people things are going reduced 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 you know so there's something happening globally everyone kind of got excited oh my god we need to get into real estate last year and i think a lot of people didn't wait to see what was happening in the market overall 
Yeah, that's because, you know, a lot of us don't understand how economic meltdowns happen. That's I always define, thing. describe yeah, them like a tsunami, you know. Yeah. Um, a tsunami comes, it hits, right? It goes on land and it sweeps everything in its way. And that was when COVID hit, right? But then the tsunami, the water needs to go back to the ocean, yes. right? So it goes back and still mm-hmm. hits things and takes it uh, with them back into the ocean, right? And that's the first level of destruction. It's a double whammy. Mm-hmm. It sort of hits you in and hits you out. And that's what the first phase of COVID did to us. It, it just impacted us badly, destroyed everything. And then you've got the bigger issue after a tsunami that people don't talk about. The famine and the nonsense that happens after. Because yeah. manje, there's no electricity, there's no water, infrastructure is, it is damaged and people are living in the cesspool. <laughs> and that's where we are now. <laughs> and it only gets worse, you know, when you're in that situation until the infrastructure comes back up. And for the time that we have COVID in the way in which we have it now, we are in that position. And people get increasingly desperate in that situation. I think people saw it, I think, um, you know, was it New Orleans where it happened in the US, um, et cetera, and those kind of things. So economic impacts generally are like that. And that's when now you start seeing this tapering off of, of prices because people are now becoming a bit more realistic. People are, some people are starting to become a bit more desperate, you know, because people are losing their jobs, you know, in a, in a household where both parent, people used to work, now one person is, 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 is working and the cost becomes, you know, heavy. I've seen this yeah. with, with my tenants as well, you know, jobs are being lost. Yeah. And those kind of things. And people need to let go of assets because of those kind of, you know, situations. In the earlier stages, they felt that they could still negotiate. So they were still trying to get prices. But now you're saying, let me get out of this thing with the least hurt, you know, possible. It's so possible. I think that's that's where we're sitting now, you know. And, and initially also people got excited by the low interest rates. I'm thinking, well, mm-hmm. that's a bit stupid. Interest rates are going to come up. <laughs> why are you worried about interest rates? But Forget that. It's got nothing to do with you. Pella, today, today we can afford it. Just today, just today. Just today, and then next Not next month, Kanyaho comes like... out and says two percent increase, and then what happens to you and your affordability? But that's Usenkine. how everybody was selling it, right? It yeah. was like this is the perfect time to buy. It's a buyer's market, no, but it, it is. What we don't look at is what happens when the unemployment rate starts to go up. Like mm. even as entrepreneurs in any situation and other businesses, what happens? It means that you have less customers that are able sure. to buy from other businesses. So overall, the economy is then impacted. And that sure. means that more people will be laid off because more businesses can't sell things, which means sure. the economy keeps taking a hit. So Correct. Um, that that we had to be looking at because... Yeah, you're buying all the stock, but if your people are losing their jobs, will they be yeah. able to continue to pay? Continue. For no, they won't, right? And the moment people are losing jobs and all of that is happening in the economy, um, inflation starts to pressure up. And mm. the Reserve Bank um, then increases rates to try and keep inflation steady, right? Because what a lot of businesses do is, well, I had X amount of people buying for this amount of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of money. I'm manufacturing at this cost now, but less people buying. I'm going to hike prices so that I can stay at nearly the same level of what I was getting. And that yeah. is what really causes inflation to spike, right? Because pricing changes every year. The Reserve and Bank is then going to increase rates. 
prices in South exactly. Africa. Exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous. On Twitter that mm. avocados imported in uh, from Sa Sainsbury in the UK imports avocados from yeah. South Africa. They yeah. are cheaper in the UK, even with Correct. taxes. Than they, than they are, are here. Correct. In no, May, I mean, correct. Yeah, like we already are seeing the inflation cycle, which means that most households will have less disposable income, which means that more people are going to have to move back home, back to villages, back in with their parents until the uh, economy picks up. Exactly. So that's, exactly. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because then mm. my next question around this is to ask, what then happens for what is the solution for investors who are going through the cycle, who have a lot of properties and now their tenants are no longer able to afford the rent, but they still have to pay the bond. And we already know that um, recessions and we're just at the start of the recession. So most recessions last about uh, four years. So we've got mm. another three years or at least two and a half years at this Correct. point. Yeah. So what happens in this two and a half year gap where people are trying to pay the banks, but tenants are being impacted negatively? So if you bought right, you are able to reduce your rentals um, to a place where you can still find tenants because you're charging less than everyone else um, in the market. If you bought wrong, you absorb the cost uh, or you sell at a loss to get out of that position. But the problem is that the majority, the overwhelming of majority of people bought wrong. Um, and that's why they now have this problem. And they, they've had this problem long before COVID. It's just that, as you say, COVID is now exasperating it because now you don't even have a tenant at all. Because previously, maybe you were putting in 2000 you know, or something to cover the cost, but now you don't even have a tenant. You know, and there's 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 no magic of uh, of fixing of fixing that. It's either you absorb the cost, or yeah. you you let go of the place. And in most instances, you now have to let go of the place at a loss for a lot of people, which is also difficult to stomach. You know, because you went and you spent 1.4 million, I guess, for your place, and then here comes Ufusukjata. Your place is worth 800,000, you know, or 700,000, which is the true value. But now you can't accept that because you spent all of this money. And a lot of sellers in our market are trying to recoup their losses recoup through the next losses. purchaser. And it keeps feeding itself because a lot of people don't have, you know, the right information. But you can only imagine if a number of people or a lot of people, enough people had the right information. And everyone says, well, we're not buying these things. It's ridiculous. Then people are forced to reduce their prices. Of course. Which is what happens now in this economic cycle that people, most people generally can't afford you know it's very yeah. few people that actually can afford despite the low prices so the prices then kind of regulate themselves because now the few people that can buy are able to negotiate because all are of a sudden when, negotiate, yeah. yeah all of a sudden you had 100 what, people looking now you've got 10. yeah and what what you see with these boards that you are talking about that says um sold out um they they also have another popular one that says buy today, put down a deposit of 5,000, you do not have transfer costs. Do you know how that irritates me? That very <laughs> sentence. <laughs> it gets so many people into trouble. You do mm. not um, buy directly from developer. There yes. are no transfer costs. I want mm. us to get into that, Lucy. Tell us yeah. what are the traps? What are oh, these yeah. traps? 
that are laid by these, they are sold out, only two units left, there are no transfer costs. What are these traps in these big developments that you, you, you want people to know about? It's a marketing strategy, right? Because when they say there's only two units left, you feel like you're being left out of this great investment, oh, right? Oh, so, so you want to rush to you want to rush to buy it because you don't want to feel left out. You don't want the formal. They are right, you know. And you shouldn't be buying because of that. You should be buying because the numbers make sense. The so sit numbers. down, do the calculation, and make the numbers. And if you lose out on those two units, it's not the end of the world. You're not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Something else is going to come up. You know. Um, you know. So, 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 so that's a marketing strategy that all developers um, use. And I mean, a great example that I think is public um, now that I can use and hopefully not get into trouble. Uh, a yeah. big development was supposed to come up in Centen. And there was a whole halapaloo about how in two days, uh, billions worth of sales were made and uh, hundreds of thousands of units were being sold. And I said to a mate of mine, Shubala. And it was like, you know, there's no scope for this size of a development in Sentinel in this country. And I will see. But you get no, but that's not illegal. Because uh, I believe in business law, they teach us that like, this kind of false advertising is illegal. There's false advertising, then there's embellishment. It's a very thin line. Uh, it's a very it's a thin very line. Thin line. Popular, the, the marketing, and I won't pretend to know much about it. I just know to see through the bullshit for myself, right? It's a very <laughs> thin line. They know how to they know how to work it. Um, the puffing and whatnot, yeah, which is allowed. And I know yeah, yeah. you just need to be able to see through that, right? So you firstly you need to understand all of the lingo. And we were talking about transfer costs. So there's always going to be transfer costs. Right. And I guess mm -hmm. the confusing thing is what exactly formulates the transfer cost. So the one way they say you mm -hmm. don't pay, they're talking about transfer duty. When you're buying um, new property from a developer, you don't have to pay transfer duty. You're not going to pay transfer duty. It's exempt completely Right, when you're buying from a newly developed and built place. Transfer regardless duty. Regardless of the cost of the property. Regardless of the cost of the property. Under a million. No, under a million if it's an existing property that you're buying from um, another um, individual or another seller, but it was not, it's not newly built. It's now a resale. Then you pay transfer duty. But if it's a new development from scratch, there's no transfer duty regardless of the value. And that's how you get sucked into this thing, John Bosch. Oh, there's no transfer duty. And transfer duty is a sizable amount of money. But that's a tax that is paid to the government, to SARS. The government. You know, I've got my I've got my own views about that. Um, you, you know, um, of, of transfer duty and how it 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 it, it gate keeps black people out of the property market. Um, but you know, that's that's a cost Sorry, that you would have mm. I want to hear this for every <laughs> for every one of our listeners. You will you will have to go on his Twitter handle. He handles the transfer mm. duty, and I can say I can say for myself, I was educated. I knew it goes to the government, mm. but just the perspective of how many levels these institutions go to excluding black people, I had never mm. seen it unpacked that way. So, guys, yeah. I I promise you, there's value in yeah. There's an encyclopedia mm. called. Luani, to you. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, it's so very, it's a, it's a political duty actually. That no, it, it it is it it is, wow. and I I, I have a personal gripe against it. Um, I've written to the minister about it. Uh, they've, you they've have. ignored. They've ignored me. Oh yes, oh yes. I'm, I'm, I mean, they've they've ignored me. I don't think it's it's something that for a period of time black people should be paying at all. And uh, we'll have that we'll have that discussion because it's a it's a, it's a political minefield. But there's a basis for it, right? So um, if it's a new development, no transfer duty whatsoever. So you're safe. But you're still going to pay transfer costs. The transfer costs are the costs that you pay the attorney for changing uh, the documents or the title deed information in the deeds registry. And that is calculated based on the value of the, value property. Of the property. So you're always going to pay that, right? Unless in this instance, if the developer is subsidizing it out of the purchase price, out of whatever you're paying, the developer says, we are subsidizing this. So if we're making 200,000 from this sale, we're going to take 20,000 of that and pay the transferring attorney, which does happen from time to time. But, you know, um, the, the, in essence, those costs will have to be paid by someone and usually it's the purchaser right so you'll have to pay those in order for your name as a, a, a vanilla to, to appear on the title deed and it's no longer ex-developer who owns the unit or the property right mm -hmm. and then you're going to have to pay bond registration costs if you're getting a bond from the bank uh, mm -hmm. or a, a home loan i should rather say because the home loan and the bond are two different things also um, even though we speak about them interchangeably they actually it, yeah. Two different instruments with two sets of laws that apply to them. So if you're going to get a bond registered over your property, you're uh, over the title deed, you are then going to pay the bond registration cost to the bank. And those costs are always are always there. So you need to think about it sort of in three broken down costs. That yeah. there's transfer duty that I'm going to have to pay. There's uh, transfer Contract costs, costs. Um, for the registration of the property into my name that I'm going to have to pay. And if I'm getting a home loan from the bank, they're going to require that I register a bond or a mortgage bond over the property so that I don't go off and sell it to someone else and they don't recover their money over the property. And I'm going to have to pay a particular cost uh, for that to for that to happen, right? Um, and on transfer duty, interestingly. Right, it's exempt up until a million rand if the properties are not new, and then it goes up on a on a sliding scale. So if you're buying a property that doesn't cost more than one point eight million, you're probably looking at a max liability of twenty something thousand on transfer duty, unless I'm getting the calculations wrong in my head. So the issue of not paying transfer duty should never occur to you unless you're buying a a two two point five three million rand property. It's not it exactly. mustn't form. No transfer duty must not be a part of your vocabulary because what you need to look at first is does the location work? Do the numbers work? And work. how much worse off am I if I pay, let's say, instead of buying this 1.4 listening, uh, 1.4 million listening place in this awkward location, uh, how much better off or worse off am I by spending, let's say, a hundred thousand uh, um, one million or 1.1 million? In a place that has better value or better location, and I pay the like twenty thousand year transfer duty, and I spend another hundred thousand fixing this place, you are infinitely like at a better position. transfer duty, unless you're a super millionaire looking to buy in the five million. If you're not doing that, it is going to cause you to cry because now you've saved on twenty thousand, for instance, year transfer duty, but you've incurred liability four hundred thousand. 
on this assets that is not going to make you money for a long period of time. So I always say to people, before you ask the transfer duty question, yeah, understand the fundamentals first, do the fundamentals work. And once the fundamentals work, then you start comparing the difference of whether or not it costs you more money for a transfer duty or for you to buy, you know, because often the places that are new developments are not really in great locations, right? Um, no. even though they sold as such, but they're technically not, you know, so you go find value elsewhere where you can buy for a lot less, fix the place up yourself. And if you're incurring a 20,000, 26,000, whatever it is, a transfer to mm-hmm. what is it compared to the 400,000 that you are spending? Ra- mm-hmm. I'd rather spend the 26,000, honestly, because then my liability is 1.1 million opposed to 1.4 million and 1.1 million in a great location opposed to, uh, 1.4 million where there's probably 3,500 other people living with you. There are no schools. It takes you forever mm-hmm. to get to work. This is problematic. This doesn't make sense for me. That yeah. happened to, that happened to mid-range of, people. Mm. Yeah. yeah that's where <laughs> a lot of the new developments are though. They, yeah. they, because that's where you can get a lot of big land, right? For mm. development. Unfortunately, mm. So you have to wait a while and pray that there'll also be a shopping center that springs up and with that and come school. taxis and all sorts of things. Cor- correct. You know, cor- oh cor- my correct. God. So like, I, I mean, when you unpack that on the transfer duty, whenever I see it, I just want, and, and then I didn't even know that you, it is, it is an unfair practice and that is yeah. legally, I don't know why it's allowed to to carry on. I mean, Ugh. mentees tell me about it all the time. There's one who mm. bought three units because of the attractiveness of saying you're not going to pay transfer, pay transfer duty. Yeah. What is this transfer duty on a clean piece of land when it is a totally green field that was built anew and now they are stuck with not finding tenants who are willing to pay their rent so that they can cover just the mortgage. The yeah, I want you to mm. go to the sectional title. Yes. There's nothing yes. wrong with sectional title because you no. and I and Vangile do want to own a whole building on our own, right? Yes. Ooh, um, my battery, my battery, and my charging station is going to mess up because now this port goes into. I hope into you can still hear me. Can you still hear me? Ah, uh, yes. No worries. Way. We're gonna pause and okay, then. We're back to the old. We're back to the old problem. We're back to the old problem that I had. I'm. Okay, so guys, we reverted the battery issue and we are back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Alrighty. So, so, so um, let's carry on. Now that <clears throat> uh, the trap has found me, I have bought into there is no transfer duty on this property. Now the trap is on. I have bought an expensive, um, an expensive uh, sectional title unit. What other things would you say our listeners need to to be aware of in these in these in in in, in buying sectional title units? So, um, 
sectional title units, the big thing is the cost of um, the levy, right? Which is a different cost from the rates that you pay to the municipality because sometimes people tend to Thank mix you. these up. Um, those are two separate costs paid for two different uh, for two different reasons. So in a sectional unit, it's um, communal living and sibanini. We share common yeah. areas like driveways, gardens, parks, you know, um, social areas, you know, my clubhouse, my swimming pool, etc. And all of those things, the lighting, security, etc. All of those things need to be paid for by someone. <laughs> there's no, there's no angel in the dark corner who's going to pay for it. You, as the owner, must pay for it. In as much as you'd be paying for it in your mm-hmm. own home. Uh, the only difference here is that you pay for costs that are related uh, to, to your unit. When I say related to your unit, I don't mean specifically for your unit, but you get a per quota calculation that says, well, you own this much of space out of this whole portion of land. So your contribution um, to services that are needed here is going to be X amount of money. And you pay that money, obviously, so that you can have the security and pay for it. You can have the lighting around the complex and pay for it. You can have the gardens looking nice and neat. You you know, um, and pay for that, people cleaning the driveways, making sure with your Quinto Isale Igase. And that's why you pay your lift for the maintenance of the sectional units. So when you're buying into any complex, the first things or one of the first things that you ought to do when you've decided you want to buy is ask what the cost of that levy is. And mm-hmm. ask to be shown a statement uh, by, by by the owner. A lot more difficult when you're buying into a new development, but um, the developer would have figured out what the cost is and they should be able to give you um, sort of an estimate of what, of what the cost is. And you need to budget for that as well and the payment of that or else body corporate is because then essentially you're living for free, which is not okay. fair on the other mm-hmm. owners, you know. And if you are mm-hmm. born in that it's nice, it's looking good, you know, nice lights on the driveway and you want to live there, surely you should pay for all of that. So you, you gotta make a plan for that and you gotta budget for that. And also you gotta consider whether or not you know there'll be a special levy. And you know, the special yeah. levy generally comes about in a complex older that then needs maintenance of something or in the quickly that is unscheduled you know yeah. and then people need to pay a special um, a special levy in order to make up the cost for that because it's not mm-hmm. you know a cost of a cost a part of the usual maintenance cost you know there's been some changes around that because there's a new entity called um CSOC and they help you know with disputes uh, amongst people in sectional titles etc and there's been, you know, some changes in the law as far as that is concerned. And now complexes are required to make provision for a maintenance uh, budget over a, budget, a, a yeah. 10-year period. And you ought to build up a fund to a certain level so that that, fu- that fund or that budget can absorb all of these, um, and in, um, you know, costs that were not factored in because it can be a huge financial burden for a lot of people to all of a sudden you must come up no extra one two thousand you know on a monthly on a monthly basis so that's that's something that people need to be aware of and uh, 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 quite often they're not made aware of it it's also incredibly um you know good for you to have a look and request that you see the financial statements of that particular uh, complex so yeah. that you can see if things have been managed uh, well and if you're not a person who understands financial statements ask someone who does to help you analyze these things because you you may not be able to pick up that there's a two million rand liability there that is owed to the municipality for whatever reason that hasn't been paid and if you buy in it becomes your problem so you need to figure out all of these things in advance so you know what you are getting and um, yourself into and you ask mm. the right questions you know say hey 
two million. How is this working out? You know, what is it for? You know, uh, what is going to be the individual cost of the owners once this thing has to be, once this thing has to be paid, etc., and all of those things, you know, and understand that that is different from the rates and taxes that are paid to the municipality because the rates and taxes are charged to you, Jomakshio, it's a tax as a property owner and the municipality charges you for that. I don't know why they do that. In King, I find a transfer to as far as I'm concerned, you know, and then they lump, you know, your your service charges as well there, you know, um, service charge for waste and, and, and rubbish removal, which I think is fair. We all ought to pay for, we all ought to pay for that. But you would back tax merely because you own a property. Uh, I can't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our government doesn't love us. <laughs> but no, the government tax you. Ngapa, they say we must buy property and have land. Ngapa, they say we'll penalize you for buying property yeah, and for having buying land. property no and having land. land. It makes no sense. It's a counterproductive. But, but, but you also then ask, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Lucy, this is such an important topic on sectional title and things because people are buying and I remember the only reason why I even looked at body corporate finances is because one of our guests, um, Mayor Deval, when I was buying my first property, was on my case about a list of things that I had to check. And I was just yeah. like, why are you doing this to me? I'm in love with this property. Like, can we just agree that this is a great property? <laughs> why else do you want me to look at these things? So what should people be looking at when you say, Look at body corporate financing, uh, finances. What are the line items that they should pay attention to? How much does the body corporate? So we're taking it just a step away from what you contribute um, individually. How okay. much does the body corporate uh, make in total from the owners, or how much does it collect rather, not make because it's not a business? Or how much they collect yeah. in total, and what are the expenses um, that the body corporate has? And what are any long-term liabilities that it may have? And that should come through in the financial statements. And obviously, the cost of who are they paying what and why? You know, mm. how much is the managing agent getting paid? How much is the security company getting paid? But at the end of the day, if uh, the cost of managing the estate is uh, more than what the estate is able to collect, there are problems. And yeah. usually some, you, you'll find some body corporates will go to the extent of getting a loan to cover the cost. So you need to just look at that. The first line item is how much is the income? What are the costs? What is our collection uh, rate from owners? And are we able to cover all of the costs? Do we have any liabilities that stick out like a sore thumb on you know, um, the, 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 the liabilities list? And, and then you should be able to get a clean of, uh, of any problems uh, from, uh, from that. And the notes um, in, 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 in the financial statements should also give more information if there are problems, you know, um, if they're done honestly and properly. If they're done honestly. Yes. That's the other problem. So because mm-hmm. some the corporates have got directors who go and buy themselves Nando's on your budget and... Um, so there are all sorts of things. And because we don't read financial statements, it's exactly what uh, Vangile teaches on the bank account yeah. statement. It's so painful. It's very mm. scary to look to look at these things. And they say, uh, we've put it in multiples of a thousand. And then you're like, mm-hmm. these are managing statements. Now this one is the balance sheet and you, you are getting all confused. And the first thing that you do is to shut it off. You are mm. just like, well, I'm never going to understand some other people must read this. But there you are, you are buying property. 
So, yes. you know, it's it's hard. With the, all this that you are talking about, you share a lot on propertylink.africa, but you didn't say anything about what propertylink.africa uh, is. What What is yeah. that? Who so propertylink.africa really became a, a blog spot for me because I found that the information that I was sharing in Twitter, the, the, the characters are so limited, right? And you can only share it in such a way that it engages people. But then there were people who would be asking a lot of questions after I'd shared information. No, and and, right. and I, do, I, I, I do have a job and other business interests. I don't work Twitter. So I don't have time to be responding to everyone all the time, sadly, you know, even though I'd like to. <laughs> Um, you know, so I thought, you know what, let me put out more detailed information in a blog to allow people who do have the time and do want uh, more information to go onto that blog and, and read up more about, you know, about that information where it's, it's a bit length, um, lengthier um, and, and stuff like that and, and get help from that. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> no, thank you. The fact that you are, you know, you appreciated and you've been on it, really. I mean, uh, thank you. You know, it just shows that it's it's helping people, and it's also a way of just, you know, um, democratizing information, if you will. Information, um, so right? That, yeah, yeah. So that people can have access to this information in a way that makes sense, because nothing that I'm sharing is special and new and wonderful. It's just sharing it in a way in which people don't feel overwhelmed so that they can consume it a lot easier and understand what is going on. Because, you know, all of these big terms get used and then, like you say, people then shut down, like, hey, hey, I'm going to seem stupid here if I ask questions. If I so, ask questions, yeah. You know, so, so let's share the information in a way that it's user-friendly and people can actually take it and use it to their own advantage, you know. And, and it's been nice to get feedback from people who say, oh, thank you, you know, I went and I, I did this, I said this, and I did this, and I said this. This is what I benefited out of that. I went and I heckled my bank and my, my interest rate was down and, the, 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 you know, the amount of cost that I had to pay was also reduced by the lawyers and stuff. And, and, and that's, that's a nice thing when, when people are actually able to use the information um, meaningfully. It's, it's, meaningfully. It, it's helped quite a number of people. So, you know, like some people that. have gone and questioned things to their body corporates who say, hey, what's happening here? You know, and they've come back and they've been excited. So, hey, these people, they in the beta and I asked them, you know, and now it's going there, they must solve it. You know? So like it's always it. nice to get to get that feedback from people. Get that feedback. Well, I, I like what you're saying. And, and to our property magicians, this is exactly why this podcast exists, so that you can come unpack it go we i think we should put the link actually on the sectional titles particularly because that interested me so much we're going to put the link on this podcast when it comes out Vusi, because yeah. the podcast tends to the podcast intention is yeah. exactly that let's speak property in siswati so that mm. your your boy next door in babaton can can buy and hear and invest in property and your mm -hmm. boy next door. And sometimes the boy next door is a graduate like yourself and myself and Bangile. And we still don't know that English. So mm -hmm. the way you unpack it is exactly what the intention of this podcast is about. So guys, propertylink.africa is your place of education. Yes. If you are not a nerd like myself, then you just listen to the podcast. But Property Link Africa is where you go and read it. I like that. Then I, I so enjoyed that. So I actually just popped over to propertylink.africa and I do think um, the current article that's being highlighted there is why 
talk to us a little, just for a snippet to give people a taste about this, is why is it that you can pay for your car loan in five years and sometimes cars are way more expensive? Like yeah. every time I come back to South Africa, I'm always like, oh my God, cars here are so expensive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're too expensive. There's too many taxes on them. There's too much taxes. But your house, you get a home loan of 20 years and often it takes more paperwork to get the house than it is to get your car. And awesome. sometimes yes. your car is way more, like I said, your car may be double the price of your house, but it yeah. takes more paperwork and you get a longer term interest. So talk to yeah. us about that. Awesome. Yeah. So, you, so, so and, and, there, and there's a thing, you touch on something quite important. So you don't get a longer term interest. The interest is exactly the same. So if you take a calculation of a house of a million rand and a car and a car of a million right. rand and you pay it off over five years, it's the same amount of money. The only difference is in the variables, and the variables are the cost of maintaining the car and the cost of maintaining the house. But the mathematics behind the loan is exactly the same. The difference is the time period, right, of mm -hmm. a um, of a of a of a house because it's done over 20 years. Why is it done over 20 years? Well, because property is an appreciating asset as opposed to a depreciating asset. And it's not as liquid as the market for cars. So if you go belly up on, um, on, your, on your house, it's not going to be as easy to sell it as, you know, um, as the car, which the bank can just come to away and sell in your house. It's a whole long process, et cetera. And also to make property affordable for a lot of people because you wouldn't be able to buy a you know let's say two million rand house uh, for a lot of people and then pay it over five years it just seems steep for people when they have a long-term view on property so the credit that then follows a property in a bank aligns to that view but nothing stops you from paying your house in five years eh? Uh, yeah. or asking the bank to make your, your home loan for five years and you pay 15,000 for your car, 15,000 for your house. You can do exactly that if you're able to afford it. But a lot of people then prefer to elongate the property um, payments because property is seen as a stable asset, as an appreciating asset. And a lot of people feel that they're going to sell the property, you know, um, after a period of time and the equity, you know, position in that property would have increased, allowing them to make a bit of money and settle the bank. Um, and, and, and that's really the only reason is, is that, you know, it, it makes sense for a lot more people to have it stretched over a longer period of time and thus making it seemingly um, a lot more affordable because it seems for some reason you know to people to say well to spend you know let's say 10,000 rand on a 1 million rand property or whatever the case is well maybe 1 million rand is a bit more you're going to be spending what uh, 19,000 rand there or thereabouts um, repaying a 1 million a 1 million rand property just seems like a lot right but it doesn't seem like a lot to a car when you're spending a million a million rand and you're repaying 18,000 rand a month um kind of a situation for some reason and i can't explain it and it's just the way in which we, we view property it just seems a lot to die for one india one million but guys no over the 20 years because we take a much longer term view on property and it's because it appreciates um in value over time opposed to a car where it depreciates in value so the bank needs to be able to recover something still should something go bad so okay. they can't give you the car over 20 years because after 20 after five years it, it has no value 
So they must give it to you uh, over five years or so. I know they make it longer now or slightly longer for more expensive cars, but that's because they can still extract value out of it. You know, they can still go and sell your Range Rover for meaningful money and repay themselves. Um, but if they want to sell your 2005 model Range Rover now, they're not going to get anything if they financed it over that period or over 15 years. But for a house, because it tends to appreciate in value, they'll be able to still get something out if you're unable to pay. And really it's to protect, you know, like I say, the bank's interest and also just how we view property. And the fact that you have, um, what you call this, the fact that um, <clears throat> you have financed it over 20 years doesn't mean you can't pay it off sooner. And, and and for me, it's advisable if you can to pay it off sooner, especially if it's a primary residence, pay it off as quickly as you can. If it's an investment property, hang tight a bit, rather put the money in a, <laughs> in a savings account if you've got it so that in bad times you can show up your investment, but don't be too quick to pay it off um, because uh, then you lose out on the um, interest deduction uh, from, uh, from SARS, which means you get taxed at a higher tax rate, but that's a whole technical other conversation. It's um, not a whole other technical it conversation. It is because you know, um, in our communities, paying off the house very fast is a big thing. You yes. know, it's like if you can pay off this property as soon as possible, then that should be a bonus. Yeah. Oh, yes. And certainly but now you're telling that. us about tax, you're telling us to hang tight. No, no, no. That's why I said if it's an investment property, if it's an investment property, right? And an investment property, and maybe let's get these terms correct. Let's start by saying this. The house that you live in, where you wake up every day, you live there with your, with your children, your husband, your dogs, your cats. It's not an investment. It's not an investment in the sense of a business, Right. So that is your primary residence. Pay that off as quickly as you can because you take away the risk of having a loan on that and being unable to repay you that and it gives you the security of having a house to live in. An investment property is the one that generates an income where someone pays you to use that property. They pay you rent. That's an investment property. This thing of, hey, my house is an investment, Pumalapu, because you haven't, uh, you, you haven't realized the equity value that comes with that house over time or the equity appreciation. It will be an investment at the point where you sell it and you are able to sell it um, at an appreciated value. An appreciated because more value. often than not, you know, a lot of people can't even sell it at an, uh, at an appreciated uh, or at a higher value. Um, and that's where sometimes people get emotionally attached to, to their property. No, that's what your property is worth. Uh, and, and that's why people want to pay you that. The fact that you think it's something else is besides the point. Uh, so the investment property becomes the property that generates an income for you. Uh, yeah. And that is the one you don't want to pay off too quickly. Why don't you want to pay that off too quickly? Because SARS also views it as a business. SARS mm -hmm. says, well, you're generating an income out of this. So we're going to allow you the deductions 
that we allow uh, businesses um, uh, 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 to, to, to deduct in the cost of generating their income. So the cost of operating the property. So the interest on the loan. And the interest on the loan um, is based on an amortization where the interest is significantly higher in the initial years um, of repayment as opposed towards the end, right? So you, you're able to deduct that uh, from, from, from you know, the, the income that you're making, which is your rental. The cost of maintenance, you know, the levies that you pay, the rates that you pay, any maintenance that's and upkeep that you do to the property, you get to you get to deduct that, right? Mm -hmm. So that when SARS does the calculation, um, for instance, if you're getting 5,000 rand rental and your cost of operating this property are 2,500, SARS will only include the 2,500 as the cost. Um, um, my apologies, ladies, for a second. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm on a call. My apologies about that. Um, so, um, so my my thought stream has gone. Okay, so SARS will allow you to deduct um, that cost, and you'll only be taxed on the two thousand five hundred, where uh, um, you are not able to deduct the cost. And 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 what it does, if you're already earning a particular income, you get taxed at a particular amount of money, right? Um, you're earning five hundred thousand rand, you get X amount of tax, and then you get this additional income from your property of, uh, let's say, the lama two thousand five hundred at the end of the year, it's thirty thousand. Then SARS will add that thirty thousand onto what you're already making, which pushes you to sort of a higher tax rate, That's if right you will. It. So now imagine if instead of adding 30,000, it's now adding 60,000 because we're not again, mind or is adding, uh, you know, 50,000 because we're not partially off this property. Therefore, you're not getting the benefit of the interest deduction. You're moving into an even higher uh, tax sort of uh, bracket. So you don't want that to happen. So if you've got extra money to put into the property, I would say if I get a deposit in a fixed deposit or whatever the situation is, make a bit of interest off of that. And if ever, then there's a problem that you must deal with. You then, uh, you, 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 you then use that money to deal with that problem. But the okay. other issue also is, you know, it's easier to raise money from, you know, I don't know, um, from the bank if you're continuing your loan obligations as opposed to paying them off quickly because you continue to have the track record, your credit, and that you're record. paying back your credit yeah. on time. So that's something else to, to consider. So for me, the house that you live in with all of your possessions, Amakati uh, Ark and all of those things, yes, get that out quickly. You, you get that out quickly. You want to take that risk off of um of, of your balance sheet so that you know if you ever have a financial problem at least your house is safe you've still got a roof over your head an investment yeah. property is something that you should be willing to let go of if there's a problem you know what i mean you shouldn't yeah. be attached you shouldn't be attached to it and that's why i say when you make these decisions check the emotions uh, at, at, at the corner shop don't bring them into into that space so that if you ever need to get rid of it <laughs> you're able to get rid of it without getting, you know, without being attached. It just makes life easier um, for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, guys, man, <laughs> there's so much to unpack, right? There is just mm. so, so, just so much. So much. And we went yeah. yes. and I am full. I mean, like, I um, have many more questions, but for the sake of this podcast, I'm full.
<laughs> I, like seriously, I <laughs> we we would need a second dose um, of, yes, a, of, of a podcast know, because all our technical. questions are all but over. We ended up going technical, and we didn't go so deep into your journey into multi-lets investment, but that's okay. You're that's one okay. of the guests that we'll have back on again. We see this one. Happy, happy to have that conversation. Honestly, like yeah, it. it's one of the things we didn't get to, but really happy to have that conversation. That's a very Absolutely. interesting, interesting space. There are my multi-led investment. You know, and the lessons that I learned there. Um, you know, there's yeah. Uh, there's there's a whole host that. of things. I mean, we can we'd talk. Really, really we can really talk for a week nonstop on these things. Really, <laughs> we'd love we'd love that about your tribe and 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 how you managed to finance all of this. How easy it was. We will have you back on. We'll have you it's back a, for the real <laughs> property no, question. I'd, for I'd, a deep I'd, dive. I really enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had planned on asking those questions, but. Guys, as you can see, the podcast took us to much more interesting spaces. So yeah. let's go on to the next segment, shall we? Please, yes. let's do that. <laughs> okay. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Okay, so guys, <gasps> magical feedback. Miso, do you want to start? <laughs> well, the whole podcast is a feedback session on its own. But let me start with this one because this is my pet, pet, pet love. Because I'm a professional, I'm a medical professional, and mm. I consider myself clever, guys. I passed physics and maths without any problems at high school. And Vusi went straight to that answer. He's a lawyer working in project finance, working for an investment bank, but he did not know how to buy a house because offer to purchase, transfer duties, transfer costs and bond registrations are not your everyday English, not even for someone who has got legal training, not for someone who has got medical training. So don't kid yourself. Please don't kid yourself. Investment language requires its own sessions, its own lectures, its own teachers. Yeah, that's my I'm number one. I'm really glad that you said that. It does require. It, it has its own um, teachings. It has like it's its own little thing. Science. You know? So property yeah. investing is its own little journey. It is. <laughs> so I'm glad that you said that, Mizo. So my uh, first takeaway is how he um how Vusi talks about location 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 right yeah so if you and he talks about like how people bought at a bought wrong right and yeah. this is something that you have to be aware of that yes the property is beautiful it's stunning it looks great but the location doesn't, isn't suddenly going to conform to the fact that you have a gorgeous property. If one bedrooms, as he's talking about at Lone Hill, are selling are actually worth 450000 even if the that one bedroom apartment that you see is gorgeous, it's got the beautiful big windows, like everything, 
But, and it's priced at $600,000, does not make it a right buy. Just because it's beautiful doesn't mean that um, it uh, the location can't be taken into account. That's something that I have to keep reminding myself. So location is super important. Yeah, location is absolutely important. But when he was on that very trip, he, he spoke about also people will tell you, you can never go wrong with property. Indeed you can. Mm. Indeed you can. <laughs> I did. This I is shared what everyone can. tells us though, you can never go wrong with property. Indeed you can. I bought a property that <laughs> no, never was no. ever going to cash flow. And I share very openly about it. Go find my um my my life on Prop Doc Mom. I did a live on Instagram. I think I wrote about it. It mm -hmm. is one of those things that I have to repeat because I do not want you to make the same mistake. All righty. So shall I go to my second one? Yep. <clears throat> So, um, for those that are listening to this property podcast and didn't know the difference between transfer duty, bond registration, transfer costs, those three terms are different things. And if you go on your Uber app, you will find the Uber Home Loan app. You will find that it has got the different calculations. You put the purchase price. And it will break down those three costs because, guys, those things are important. You need to plan for them ahead of buying a property. So sometimes we buy properties and some people have bought four and five properties without knowing how those calculations are done and where they come from. So oh. transfer cost, bond registration, transfer duty, not the same thing. One goes to the government, one goes to the lawyers, one goes to the bank. They are different. Okay. Mm, That's my takeaway. So what a beautiful takeaway. Yeah. Um, so my takeaway is because I've learned so much about this. It's a new development. It's like oh, no. what is happening in the new development space? I have learned so much in this podcast and I am absolutely flabbergasted. You know, I really, really don't understand it. So I guess my takeaway with new developments is just be aware what they're selling. Be aware of like Vuzi talks about and Miso talks about the we've only got two apartments, left. two properties in this development left, left. to sell, right? Can but I mean just out of interest, Miso, can people like walk into the new development and look uh these properties standing empty or not? Uh, do you know new people who have been newly qualified? <laughs> hey, they are newly qualified as professionals. They've got this shiny black card from the bank and the bond originator gives them a certificate that says you qualify for a house for 1.7 million. They are looking for exactly Sure. An apartment that is that gets right to the fence to the 1.7 million, and they are in their shiny car. You cannot hold those people down. Hell, they don't listen to anybody. It's like no, no. The port originator said, and he came from Absa, you know, and they say I qualify. And the agent, the agents tell them, you can never go wrong with this one. You can wow. never go wrong. It's next to the dome. 
So when it's next to the Northgate Dome, oh, like what does the dome do? Really, give me other things, right? <laughs> wow. You know, so, no, but that's the thing. So whether they walk in or not, they are not looking with an investor mind. Mm. They will see an empty unit and and they are not thinking it's empty because it hasn't been bought. And the agent who's selling will show you the ones that she says they will. Oh, sometimes they even say this one is taken, that one is taken, that one they are waiting for the bond registration. That's what they do. Ah, I mean, so that they drive up the um, illusion of the, the illusion demand estate. Ah. And you see, the ground floor ones are all taken, my dear, and it's convenient to be on the ground floor. But you can take the corner one because it's bigger. And by the time you come tomorrow, it will be gone. Sure. So you also like make the decision out of fear. So I guess like, one of the things as I'm listening to this is also just the takeaway being just be aware of the marketing language and the gimmick Thank and you. the scarcity Thank and you. give yourself time to shop around, right? Like one of the things when I was buying my property, even though yeah. I had a car, my first yeah. property, right, was I asked myself a very simple question. If I no longer have a car, will I be able to get around from this complex? You know, and mm -hmm. the thing, the truth was, yeah, like I was, uh, it's 20 minutes, it's a 10 minute walk to the train station. Right. You can, uh, 10 minutes to the major shopping centers walking. It's a two minute walk to the beach and you can jog along the a promenade. So like all these questions are important because that means that the te uh, the tenants that you get will also be asking those questions because maybe your tenant doesn't have a car, but they can afford to pay that rent. So you yeah. don't want to lose tenants because of that. And new yeah. developments are tricky because of everything that Vusi mentioned. So no. I think that is super important. That's my no. major takeaway with new That's developments. A, but, but then a, the a lot of language. Yeah, but you see, your, the, the work that we do at the Man, Money Match course is about this. When you notice how we buy, yes. how we expend our, our, our money and how we take it out. Are we mm. taking it out listening to external voices too much? Or mm. can you feel this thing? And the panic of this thing will not be here tomorrow. Yes. As if the loss of that one unit means you'll never have a house. You, you're never in that desperate position when you think about it. But then I see it you feel like you are in that desperate position. That's it. That's it. And Gary Keller, Gary Keller and his co-authors in Millionaire Real Estate write about this all the time. They even have a 30 10 3, 1 rule. Mm. You must view 30. Wow. You have 10, 10 properties that you sort of seriously consider. You put an offer on three. And you will only end up buying one. Seriously. Yes. And I see it now that because I'm not in a panic of buying, there are so many properties. They are all over the place. And when you do the numbers, and the more you do the numbers, you're like, oh, rubbish. Out of the, you know, it is so easy. It is so easy to buy out of fear or out of FOMO or mm -hmm. out of this panic. But there are more properties than we are. Yeah. And there are more properties than people who can afford to buy those properties.
So can I just hijack because I feel like I want to share this with everyone. Last night I went and I downloaded on Tuff's website. So guys, if you don't know Tuff, T-U-H-F dot C-O dot Z-A, right? I went on there and do you know Tuff has so many places that they find all over South Africa, but especially in Johannesburg. I mean, they go far, far, far and beyond. So you don't really, we're not limited into where we can, um, just like where we can look for properties. I mean, you can always raise the 20%, but you can find multi-lets anywhere. I mean, Tuff even finds in uh, funds in Krugerstadt. Somebody may help me. Like I had no clue about this. No, but you know, Juliet, watch there. Juliet, our guest in Oh, yeah, that's true. How could I not know? So I'm like, Orange Grove. I never yeah. would have considered Orange Grove a top-funded place, you know? It's an it's outskirt. Incredible. Mm. So we are not limited. So when you even say this, like even Springs, Springs, guys, Springs. Imagine Springs. Springs you are next to Springs in, Whit- in Whitbank, and you didn't know this. But that's exactly, guys. So yeah. if thing is available to us when you say it when it makes me so angry yeah it makes me so angry when she says it it's my she says there's always going to be money and lots of it too and everything is available to us guys it makes me angry i'm like no that sounds like something i would say yeah it's you who says (laughs) that it makes me so angry when you say it at money (laughs) magic cost i'm like no, I don't see it in the bank. What does she mean? But I promise you, everyone that I have read, every book I've read on real estate, Gary Keller does it, Grant Cardone does it, Robert Kiyosaki does it. They tell you, and the mindset is so important because the first thing we do as beginner investors is panic mm. and fear and FOMO and, and, and like all you of the other now this is the thing that i've had to realize about myself especially because i'm like oh my god i'm in south africa for x amount of months i need to do this i've since stopped like i mean my body and my voice kind of like just got me to my senses i'm like no even if in november is when we finalize a deal it will be the right one and the right one. one And it's not like I'll never come back to South Africa. No. You know? Like I'll always, <laughs> I'm always able to come back. What is the deal? But we get caught up in that. And I think this is exactly what Vusi was talking about, right? Yeah. That we all yeah. like, um, when 2020, when COVID happened in 2020, so many people went and bought property instantly because it's a buyer's market. The interest rates have dropped. It's incredible. And now, like, there's a lot of things that are happening within the property space where tenants are now, where the reality of unemployment reality. Has come up, all sorts of things, and it's starting to take its toll. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I really, really love the fact that you notice about, but I also notice my personality is an impulsive personality then. So know yourself. I am an impulsive person. So there are days where I buy and then there are days where I don't buy, even with clothes, even with food, even I am just that kind of person. I don't like shopping. I don't like shopping malls. But 
when I found what I want, I'll just go buy it and then go, oops, did I really need it? So that's my, <laughs> and when you know your personality, uh, that was You'll a bad see. mistake. <laughs> it was. It was. So, so, so properties can do that and they can highlight what your personality type is. So notice yourself and do that all the time. So my last one is not the last one, guys. I've got three pages full of Vusi as he speaks. And I'm just like, no, they'll read it on his, um, they'll read it on his um, Twitter page. So here's what I want to talk about which is important. I am a property mentor and I love it when people mention things like that. Your investment property is not the kind of property where you rush to go and finish the mortgage. The rules that you were given by your great aunt and your dad and your mom to offer the bond. In investment property, we don't fit up bond, guys. <laughs> we don't because then you lose the very thing that brought you to property investing, the very thing that brought you to property investing is you save on tax. If mm -hmm. you are buying investment properties, also not in your name again. So you don't go and rush to pay it up because then you can write off the levies, write off the, mm -hmm. the rates, write off any, um, any expenditure that you use to change the floors and to change the doors and whatever and to install meters and whatever. That's what investment property is about. And I know that's not the language you'll hear from your great uncle. That's not what his language was. Our language was a saving and paying of bond. You don't pay off bond necessarily, necessarily. You can, you know, there are some, when you've got several, you'll pay off some of them, but also you can, also go and refinance so that you can advance your property portfolio. Mm -hmm. Really love that. Mm. But also I think um, the bond payment, why we want to pay off the bond early yeah. is also just our fears around money that like, what if the day yeah. comes and we don't have money? And um, I liked what Vusi said about paying off your residential property because then the fear residential. Is also, no, what if something happens to me and then I and then my kids are here, but then we have this property and the bond isn't paid off. At least you know how it is. It you want to leave the kids with the family home at the very mm -hmm. least. Mm -hmm. So yeah. But that's why, but that's why we have structures. Episode mm -hmm. six, Mayor. That's why you have a trust. There's a way of structuring things so that your kids don't end up paying whatever debts you are left with when you pass yeah. on. So there is a way of structuring the, even the primary home and your trust. Ooh, speaking of, I finally, we have finally set up, like we set it up, but it's finally registered our trust. Yeah. Oh gosh, that was, that took a while. It's a long one. Yeah, it's a long one. Wow, I was not prepared. But now that it's done, I'm like, you know, yeah. like yeah. now it's about learning what actually a trust does, how to manage it. But I think these things are absolutely worth it, you guys, like having the structures in place, having your tribe in place. It makes a big difference. My final takeaway is the body corporate finances. Yeah. Guys, 
I'm at the point, I'm working jumpy right now. Like I'm not even gonna front. There's no point in trying to lie. Like I haven't decided that I now want to be my own body corporate. I can't even, you know, it's just the body corporate fees are just a rough one. They are a rough one to get around. But I love what he said about if you're buying sectional title, what you should be looking at. And what I heard from that is basically read the body corporate finances as you would a normal income statement. Are you taking in enough money? And is that money covering the expenses? Thank is there you. something uh, left at the end? <gasps> and not only that, are people paying? Because this is Are the people one paying? Yes. It's a conversation that I've had once around body corporate finances with regards to some of the buildings in the CBD, that sometimes they're not all up to date, but then you need to be aware of what isn't up to date and how is that going to impact the building in the long run. So yeah. I'm so glad that he took us through that. I feel like that's There's nothing he didn't take us through. <laughs> looking at and reading. In the same yeah. way that we practice doing deal analysis, practicing looking at uh, reading financial statements oh. is so important. It becomes that is such an important, important thing. Exercise. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's such an important one, Ben. It is. Let's have it's a discussion really offline about this. This is so important. Statements. And even when you are being given the body corporate financial statements, most people are like, what does this even mean? Yeah. Sure. yeah. No, we need to. We need to. I think we, we actually have to have a whole conversation for the benefit of our listeners. This is yes. such an incredible thing. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for joining yeah, thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Let's move on to magical expansion. Now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Okay, so Ready. I'm going to have uh, Nizo start us off with her favorite question, Busi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the uh, journey to magical expansion where we ask uh, our guests the five personal questions and it is always interesting to find out what book changed your life, Vusim. If it is a real estate, that is uh, a bonus, but it could be a fairy tale or a business book. What book changed your life? Honestly, um, if I'm being really honest, there hasn't been a book that has changed my life. Um, I think my circumstances and how I grew up have always been the driver to what I want to be. I, I, I've never needed a book or a person to motivate me to want certain things. I, I, I absolutely, one of the things, you know, that I say to people is, N-n-saba-kru-pega, guys, you know, oh. I really, I'm scared, N-n-saba, um, you know, because we, we grew up under tough circumstances, a lot of us, right. you know, and, and for me, it was just something that I didn't want to experience, nor did I want my children to experience. So there's always been that driver that says, you just got to do better. You really got to do better. And being then fortunate enough along the way when you apply yourself to trying to do better, to have things open up to you. But I can't honestly say that there's a book I read that then sparked something. 
you know, right. um, and, and apart right. from some of the people that I met earlier in my life, then when I sort of looked at them and said, I'd like to, you know, have a nice house like that. I'd like to have a nice car like that, you know, and those things then drive you to want to achieve certain, like um, certain things, quite honestly. And, and, and really that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's been it. Okay, what keeps you inspired, Wusi? I think consistently challenging myself to see um, what other barriers I can break through, um, you know, and, and wanting to see if I can bring about, you know, different things, um, play around with different things, especially in the property space. What can I do that is different? How can I challenge myself? You know, um, those kind of things. And of course, I guess just making a bit more money and, and, and those kind of things that just keeps pushing me to want that to do better. You know, I, I like the idea of tearing down things, building things and seeing what happens, you know, yeah, when they when, when they come up. Am I able to then get people to buy into this, um, to buy into this idea, if you will, and the idea being live in this particular space and enjoy living in that particular space. Um, and then that just that's that's really what keeps keeps um, keeps me keeps me moving. I just like seeing structures and seeing change and building things, and I want to see how I can do it differently, how I can make it better than the previous one, you know. And of course, like I say, the payoff is you know, can I make some money off of it while I'm doing it, you know? While I'm doing it, okay. That is awesome. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> so I know you've shared um, about this when we started the podcast, but please just repeat it for the sake of this segment. What do you wish you had known or done before embarking on your property investment journey? What are the things oh you goodness. wish? <laughs> my goodness. You know, I wish I'd known all the technicalities, you know, the okay. cost that um, I need to, the cost that I need to absorb. Um, yeah. and, 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 and all of those kind of things. I wish I'd known all of that. I wish someone had told me about all of that up front and also the fundamentals of understanding what an investment property is and the process you need to go through in figuring out what is an investment property. Because so often we're told that with property, you can't go wrong. Yay, man. <laughs> you know, you can go I've wrong. I've that so often with problems. Yeah, you can go so wrong, you can lose everything. You can lose everything. Hey, you. you know, um, and, and we you know we spoke about this briefly that there's so many people who've bought so many investment properties that are standing vacant. Right. Exactly. That's because they exactly. went in with that notion of because it's property, I can't go wrong. There's so yeah. much that can go wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, and so you just need to. I, I wish I'd known all of that. I've been fortunate in that, you know. Even when I didn't know it, it worked out. Um, it made yeah. me somehow. But now yeah. I'm a lot more deliberate in the decisions that I make to ensure that it's got the best investment potential. You're not always going to get it, um, you know, a hundred percent right. But you've got to give it enough of an opportunity to be able to be an, an investment. And that comes, you know, with ticking the boxes. Do I have, you know, a location right? What makes it a location yeah. a, a, a right? Have I gone through that process? Have I checked, you know, Absolutely. do a dry run, drive to that property in peak traffic in the morning to see, you know, what is the route to getting to work if the person says they work at, the, you know, X sort of area in the afternoon, do the same thing. 
drive around the neighborhood, see where the schools are, you know, come through during the day and see, is this neighborhood quiet? Are there people walking around in the streets or whatever the same situation? You know, if I want to go buy bread in this neighborhood, what are my options um, kind of a situation? So you, you got to go through that process so that you, you can say, okay, so if I were to live here or if someone who is a young professional or if someone who's a student, what would they want? And are these yeah. things available? Um, for this person, you know, is oh, the public person. transport and and, and 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 all of those things? Go check. Ah, I'm a passer how train, you know, because when the person yes. comes, you need to be able to say la how train, you know. So yeah. go through that exercise and don't be found, you know, when a person says I want to rent a place, you know, what are the schools nearby? Yeah, no, I, you need to be able. No, no, no. Bune crash so so so. Bune primary school so so so. Bune high school so 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 you need to you know the only way to know that is if you've done the research you've gone around the neighborhood you've looked and and, and those Absolutely. kind of things it's worthwhile to do that exercise i hope i i would have wished that someone would have told me that a lot sooner i've just been fortunate that it's worked out yeah absolutely well, that is just, mm. do you have a blog post perhaps that uh we could refer people to for all the technical costs that you uh, that they may have to absorb because I am with you, and I'm sure Mizos also understands this. But like when I also got hit when I was like, "What is this?" Now there's like all these other costs. What do you mean I have to pay lawyers? What do you mean I have to do this? Like I was all of us really caught unaware. Yes, nobody tells you. You just see the price of the property, and then of course, then you learn that oh, there's also a deposit that you need to put down, like. What? I don't, I don't care, even have finished. Remember our guest in episode 10, um, uh, Evangelia Undombi was a, was yeah. a free state. She was like, Hell, girl, what I decided was I'm going to be the body corporate. <laughs> you know, what motivated her to buy a whole building? She I was am like, at that point, Shem. Like, I, I'm I'm, not I'm not even. I want to be the body corporate myself. She was I so mad. <laughs> my property has appreciated ridiculously in five it years. It has. It and has. like, I get good rental and everything. But just like you, Busi, luck, you know, like luck. there's just a lot of things that happen in life yeah. that's like, you're just quite lucky. Now, yes. it was aligned. <laughs> but also, just like the body corporate, I'm just like, how did we go from literally my body corporate fees went from 1,120 in 2020 to 1,550 in 2021? I'm like, I someone help me understand the logic. Again, no very lucky. My ten, I've got a great tenant. The rent covers all that, but I mean, it is insane. Because what it is the last rent and my mortgage and everything that would have yeah. been quite a hike that w- that was unexpected yeah no, in, a, in our complex in our complex we've got a special levy because it was the only one trapped between three other complexes on the back of it left and right they've got rheumatoid infrastructure and we didn't have infrastructure and we couldn't piggyback for some reason now we had to have open serve and each household had to pop out something like 180,000 for the infrastructure, some ridiculous things like that, to the fence on the border fence of the complex itself fell off on one of the wind um, 
windy storms and then we had to replace the fence okay the gate the gate has had a a rudimentary security system where you press at the gate and then it doesn't link to our cell phones blah 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 some nonsense like that yo, so yo, yo, three yo. major expenditures so of course our rates our our levy came from 1.2 we are paying an extra 800 bucks and, and 800 bucks is significant guys yeah. it's significant when you haven't thought about it you haven't thought about households you haven't thought about we've got fees to pay we've got other things and COVID hits so there is a whole lot suddenly you've got 2100 that you have to budget for it's significant right mm. and people oh, yeah. don't know about these things and everyone is hung up on I am not paying transfer duties. There's a new complex right there. There's young families, and I can tell you now, they bought because they were buying directly from the developer. It's not yeah. the best thing. Not always. Guys, we need to it's have not always going to be the best thing. Um, quite it breaks my heart. A whole new development podcast needs a warning about the pitfalls. But, Busi, yeah. what do you think you still need to learn in property? That's a very tough question. I don't know, yes, to tell you the truth, because you don't know the things that you don't know, right? Yeah. And 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 and, and you, 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 they hit you just bam, and you're like, yeah, I didn't manage. What's happening? You know. Uh, so you learn those things as you know. Right now, I feel that yes, I've got sufficient information, but I'm also very clear on the fact that there are things that I don't know, and I'll only know yes. those things when they happen, and then it's up to me to open up myself. Um, on learning on what those things are and understanding them, you know. And when something that I don't know comes along, I'm that guy, Manji, rummaging through textbooks, rummaging through the internet, trying to read about these things and understanding them better because I don't want to get caught off guard when I'm making an investment, you know. So I'll be the one rushing and checking, oh, what is this? What is this? What is that? What is this? And reading up about those things and, and, and you know, and, and, and going through the internet, finding, you know, books and articles if I can. So for me right now, it's honestly that. it's I don't know what I don't know. And there are many things Absolutely. that I don't know. I just don't know what they are. And when they hit me, that's when I know, gang, I get in let me go and regroup and figure out what uh, what this thing is you just always right, hope that you. when those things hit you they don't cost you money that's that's okay. that's all you know yes, but sure. but yeah uh, that's that from the things that i don't know that's that's really what it is and i hope that at some point and uh, i'll learn what those things are as and when they come and i'll be able to manage them absolutely yeah. So, Vusi, I want you to plug a property link now. The resource that you want to share with our listeners is? So, um, propertylink.africa is uh, my blog post. Um, I post information about property and, you know, all of the information I post is things that I have actual experience in, things that I've engaged myself on a, on a personal level and is really sharing my thought and making information more accessible to people. I usually share some of the lessons that I learned also on the subscription emails. So there are subscription emails that I send out and that information that's on the subscription emails, it tends to be less formal and it tends to be just things, you know, that I, I, I learn as I go about or things that I've learned that I may feel don't deserve a whole blog written about them, but quick information that you can share. And therefore, okay. you know, for people who have subscribed to that email list, I share that information with them and hopefully all of that um, helps people. Mm. Awesome. Thank you for awesome. that. So, um, 
Vusi, what was your what is your intention with this podcast? What would you like to get out of it? Do you want people? Are you looking for investors? What's up? So people can know and they can reach out to you. Yeah, I think um, for me, it's more about sharing for sharing information and making information accessible to people, and okay. I, I guess also meeting other like-minded people like yourselves and engaging and having these discussions on property. The more we talk about it, the more the information becomes available to people, and they're able to use it for their benefit. And you know, if it helps even just one person, for me, I think that's a great deal because there's someone there's someone out there. Who wouldn't have had the knowledge who now has the benefit of that knowledge and and and, and that information you know on on the investment side of things i'm very picky about um investments and who i go into business um with um i typically prefer to do it myself on a close-knit basis you know so i i figure you know it's always best to try and go at uh, as much of it as you can alone but you do get to a point where you, you need to involve certain people just be careful about the people that you pick and for me it's always preferable to be people that i know so that must get him son as um, but, but, but yeah, um, really it, this is about sharing information and making sure that it's accessible to people in a way that makes sense and in a way that people can consume it better yes. and, and easier for their benefit. Awesome. So how do people get hold of you, Vusi? Um, on the blog, um, propertylink.africa, there's an email address where you can send information, uh, information to, and for those who just want to see, you know, like quick information and stuff like that my twitter handle like you said is uh Sloane to you and i post regularly things that are relating um or that relate to property there you must excuse me when i post other things i often hold myself <laughs> back so that i don't post too many jokes and uh, even offend people but um yeah I, um, I do post quite a bit on 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 property you know when thoughts come to my mind i think that's what's great about the platform you know despite that's all the other things you can post things instantaneously and, and people can have the benefit of that knowledge and information if they choose to use it. Absolutely, mm. man. Oh, this man. Is fantastic. Thank this you has... so much, Lucy. Yeah. My pleasure, Liz. My pleasure. You are exactly as you are on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I am very scared of Twitter, so I'm one of those who goes to Twitter to read. So there are yeah. particular people that I follow um, yeah. because I read. But when you talk about property, of course, you got my attention. That's that's if yeah. you talk about property and public health, you're talking to me. So yeah. thank you for doing this and thank you for your time. And we <laughs> definitely have an, a follow up appointment with you because we want to hear about your flipping stories or their strategy, whatever it is that you're doing in your own investment journey. So thank yeah. you for sharing. Yes, thank you. No, thank so you for much. thank you for having me, and I look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, property okay. magicians. Thank you, Mizo. Guys, have a fantastic day. We will see you guys next week. Cool. Thank you for listening, property magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, 
contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthymoney.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.